we tend to think of all debt, and especially personal loan debt, as bad, but we don't really talk about how it can help you and the fact that debt is actually morally neutral. Personal loans are becoming more popular. Part of that could be their lower interest rates. So the average personal loan rate is right around 11% to 12%, but you could get rates as low as 6% or 7%. Compare that to more than 20% APR for credit cards. Let's dive into personal loans and how they can be helpful for managing cash flow and how sometimes debt is a lifeline for some folks who need a leg up. Welcome to It Doesn't Make Sense, where even when you're doing money wrong, you're still doing it right. Season one is all about digging into debt. Is it a moral failing, or can some debt actually be a tool for a better life? We're gonna cover all the angles. So Miranda, I know you know this, many people think of personal loan debt as something that people do for unnecessary things like going on vacation or using buy now, pay later programs to get expensive clothes and even maybe gadgets online. Um, But of course, it's not always the case. During the height of the pandemic relief efforts with checks coming in and consumerism down, America's actually paid down some of their debt during the massive, nearly decade-long rise in personal loan debt that ended in 2020 thanks to pandemic. So we saw in 2020, personal loan balances fell 7.6% in 2020. And this marks the first decline since 2011. So this debt actually came down. However, personal loan debt balances started spiking again in 2021. So we saw that reverse in the previous year's downward movement, and now balances are up 3.9% in the third quarter of 2023 compared to uh, the prior quarter, and then they're up 14.8%. So from 2022 to 2023, personal loan debt balances spiked 14.8%. So a lot of this had to do with companies using pandemic recovery and supply chain issues and excuse to hike prices. So we saw this increase in prices. Uh, The Federal Reserve pointed out that from July 2020 through July 2022, inflation rose 14 percent, but corporate profits rose 75 percent over the last two years. So that's 5 percent as fast as inflation. So, yeah, we saw some inflation as a result of supply chain issues and pandemic related items. But we also saw inflation due to price gouging. And so when you have all of this stuff combining together, what you end up with is a situation where when we had a chance to pay down debt, Americans did. But now that prices are on the rise, things are different. And it's affecting all types of debt. I, th- I know we'll get to this a little bit later, but it's not necessarily the fact that some Americans aren't are spending more because they're choosing to, like they're going on shopping sprees. It's merely because they may be spending the same amount on, like, let's say, literally the same amount of groceries. But because costs have gone up, the amount that they pay have naturally gone up. So it's not really anything somebody may have done. It's really because of these uh, rising costs. And to add to all of the wonderful stats that you have just named, so if, you know, hopefully you're, you're listening out there, you like numbers. As of 2023, credit card debt has surpassed $1 trillion, U.S. dollars, for the first time, right? And personal loans are increasing in popularity. So a lot more people are taking these out, which 
may again in line with the increased costs. A lot of the debt that people are racking up or amassing really isn't for what we would consider, you know, air quote frivolous things, right? Like shopping sprees, vacations. There is a recent study that found that 48% of credit card users are actually spending their money on necessary expenses like food, groceries, rent, and even utilities. Yeah, and I think part of that, you know, is is we're seeing a rise in personal loans as well. So personal loans are one of the fastest growing segments of debt. And so let's talk a little bit about personal loans and how this infusion of cash can help and why personal loans can seem like a good choice. So Sarah, why are some of the reasons that people turn to personal loans rather than credit cards or personal loans in addition to credit cards? Like, why are more people turning to personal loans? One of the reasons people might turn to personal loans is that you you can, in many ways, get a larger loan amount versus a credit card. So credit card limits, I mean, it varies depending on your credit score and a bunch of other factors. So someone with a fairly good credit history might be able to get, like, let's say $10,000 credit limit, $20,000 credit limit, which can be fine if depending on what you're using it for. But if you are taking out a personal loan, let's say your roof, I don't know, was really old and shingles were falling and you needed to replace it. A roof, I mean, gosh, I think we talked about this in the mortgage episode, right? Could be like $20,000. And so if you don't have a credit limit that that's high, or if you're working with a contractor that doesn't accept credit cards, you are relying on personal loans unless you have that cash in the bank, which I would assume that many, many people don't. That's a really good point. Like that bigger, that bigger amount. Uh, a lot of people have maxed out their credit cards, and so you know, finding another source of financing to pay for these costs means personal loans are more popular. I think another thing too is if you qualify. So if you have good credit, you can get a lower APR. I mean, um, sure, yeah, there are some zero percent APR credit cards, and if you qualify for those, once again, you need to have good credit right? You need to have a good credit score. We're talking if you want the best rates on credit cards, if you want the best 0% APR credit card deals, you need a credit score of what? At least 700 or 720. But if you're looking for a personal loan, you can get an APR, you know, that's right around that. Well, that's lower than a credit card APR if you have a credit score of something around 670. So that works for a lot of people. You might be able to get a lower APR and spread out your payments for longer. It's helpful, too, uh, when we're talking about, you know, lower APR or interest rates, is that if you are unemployed, there were, I mean, gosh, mass layoffs in 2023. There were a lot of headlines about different technology jobs or even the media. Lots of people, unfortunately, laid off. And so if you don't have enough of a buffer or an emergency fund to cover even your daily expenses, some people may end up turning to personal loans because of the lower APRs, because they qualify for larger amounts, things like that. It might be more managed. Um, especially if you are making monthly payments for between two to seven years. And so there's a lot of reasons why people would take out those kinds of personal loans. Right. And, and you know, we could argue that your credit score isn't great. The rates might be higher than a credit card. But I would I would say for a good portion of, of Americans, they can qualify for lower than what you would get for a credit card. And I think another reason people like personal loans and turn to personal loans is they're unsecured most of the time. There are some personal loans that you can secure, but most of them are unsecured, which means you don't have to put up something valuable that they'll take away from you if you can't pay. So if you can't pay, they can send you collections, they can sue you, which none of these things are fun things and it will ruin your credit score. But 
your house isn't on the line or your car isn't on the line. And so you don't have to worry about trying to see if you have enough home equity and you don't have to worry about them coming and taking your car. So a lot of people like this aspect of personal loans, you know, them being unsecured. Right. And and just going back to the home equity thing, that's, I mean, one of my biggest fears, I, I know it's most likely not going to happen is actually not being able to pay my mortgage and, and like worst case going to default and I have nowhere to live. And I know for me personally, just in my situation now, it's, it's a really not likely scenario. Never say never, right? But for some people, they may be really attracted to a home equity loan or home equity line of credit because interest rates can be really low. I don't think it's the case now. I think they're they're pretty high. You know, it, depending on your qualify for it, it could even be lower than what a per- you would get with a personal loan, or you might even get an amount that's higher than what you would qualify for a personal loan. So it's very can be very attractive. But there are again significant risks if you don't feel like you're going to be able to confidently pay that back. Do you want to risk your home, right? Or you know, if you need that car to go to work, do you want to risk not having a vehicle to go to work? Those are, again, reasons why it can make a lot more attractive. And even with secured personal loans, and, and sort of this is a little bit on tangent, secured credit cards, is there's a lot that you can just put cash down. And so you can lose that deposit. And it might not seem like such a big deal compared to, like, let's say, losing your home or car. But if you're putting a couple thousand dollars down, a couple hundred dollars down, and you don't get that back, like that's, that's money that, you know, I don't say throw away, but that's, that's money that, that's no longer yours. So I think that a lot of people are looking to these personal loans to say like, okay, how can I make this work? How can I add this to my personal finances? And how can I move forward in a way that's going to help me with my finances and keep me from losing something more later? Mm -hmm. And just to add to that, many people use personal loans to consolidate high interest or high rate credit card debt or other types of debt. So consolidating basically means you take out a new loan that is around the loan amounts around the same as you would for all your other credit card debt. You pay off all your credit card debt and now you're left with one personal loan. If let's say you're paying, trying to pay down like six or seven credit cards and all the due dates are different and you're very overwhelmed and confused about what's happening, consolidating all of that into one personal loan can really make it a lot more simple. Like the added bonus is if the interest rate is much lower than what you are paying with your credit card debt, maybe the monthly payments are a lot more affordable depending on how you structure that personal loan. That's one of the biggest things is a lot of people, now that we've got this massive credit card debt and these massive outstanding credit card balances here in the U.S., folks are looking at this and going, how how do I manage this? And personal loans are part of that. So part of kind of what I do is I interview bank execs and credit union execs. And I was interviewing some, it was for an article and another one for a webinar, and both of these from two different community banks were actually talking about how they've noticed the rise of use of personal loans and credit cards. And it was actually a concern for some of these financial institutions because there is at some point where you can only borrow so much, you can only put so much on a credit card. And if expenses are going up, if you are struggling to pay, there might be a lot of loan defaults. And so a lot of banks are anticipating, this was in 2023, so maybe they're still watching up for it in 2024, but they're really anticipating how how some of these uh, like consumers, right, these everyday people are really going to handle this debt. And it is a concern because banks obviously want you to pay your loans. They don't want you to default. <laughs> They're like, hi, they have to make money. 
And so I'd just be really curious to sort of hear from the same people maybe in a few months time to see what it's going to look like in terms of this landscape with personal loans or even credit cards. So let's talk a little bit more about cash flow and why people use personal loans for cash flow and how they can be part of your planning. So I personally have used personal loans as a way to smooth my cash flow. And that cash flow is that money coming in versus money coming out. So it's the way that my money is moving through my personal economy is how I look at my cash flow. So you always have, you know, your money coming in. And then you have your expenses, you have your housing costs and your groceries and your inter- whatever it is you're spending your money on. And that money is coming out and that is your cash flow. So one of the issues that I've had over the years is I have a variable income. One of the things that I did was I had a personal line of credit connected to my checking account. And this is very similar to a personal loan where it was available to me. And the idea was that if something happened, if a client paid late or I was fighting with a client to get payment, I still have to pay that mortgage. And so having that personal line of credit meant that When the mortgage came due, it came out of my checking account. And because this line of credit was connected, this personal loan, this personal line of credit automatically moved the money over, covered the cost. And all I had to do was pay a small uh, amount of interest, which is better than, you know, missing a mortgage payment, paying a late fee on the mortgage payment, all of that kind of stuff. It really kind of depends on how these things are set up. But for me, having this personal loan really made a difference to me. And it really made sure that things went smoothly and that there was always money to cover those expenses. And then I could, once the client paid, once I had the money that I needed, then I could easily go back through and just pay off the small balance that was accumulating on this line of credit. But having it there really helped a lot. What I'm really hearing is that it's almost like a safety net, almost like that's how you've used it. And just out of curiosity, the amount of interest that you paid would have been less than like the late fee for a mortgage or any of the other bills. Yeah, 100%. Because a lot of the time, I just needed it for like, I sound like like a payday loan person. I just need it for like a week or two. Um, But that was it. That was the point of having that line of credit connected to my checking account was so that it could automatically cover some of those issues. And so it's just kind of interesting to see how that all works out and how people use them. And there's other ways to use it as well. I've used it for moving expenses. So rather than trying to drain my emergency fund to come up with the money for a move, especially after my divorce, getting a personal loan actually made a little more sense for me. It just really did make a lot more sense for me to go ahead and say, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and get this personal loan, cover the cost of my moving expenses, pay this relatively small amount of interest and make my life easier. And then that way I still have money available in my account for things that come up when you're moving, right? Like setting up house, paying deposits, all of that kind of stuff, making sure I have that without completely draining my emergency fund. And so, yes, I'm going to pay a little bit of interest, but overall, like that small fee for me was worth it. And so for me, especially moving after my divorce, something that was, you know, came upon me rather unexpectedly, it made sense to get a personal loan and go from there rather than drawing down some of my other assets. And I just want to point out, you make a really interesting point here because I really like the idea I mean, I'm not encouraging everybody to take out a personal loan. Please don't think that. But I like the idea of a personal loan being like a safety net of sorts, right? But I think in my situation is a little bit different. So yes, I do have variable income and 
I sometimes have to chase clients for bit like for invoices and things like that. But my husband has a steady paycheck. And so I don't necessarily have to, I don't want to say worry, but there's a little bit of, and I'm going to air quote this, stability with having a paycheck every two weeks coming into your bank account. And so we've worked it out to where my variable income goes towards certain things where I don't have enough in a certain month, then we can kind of push that back to another month. I knew that and at some point, if we needed like a line of credit with our checking account, we could have definitely used that. But I, you know, I just want to say that there is a certain privilege, and I think that that might be the right word to do it. There's certainly privilege to having a dual income household. Even if, let's say, my husband and I both had variable income, there we, we could have found ways to make it work where we may not have necessarily have to rely as much on loans versus maybe someone who is, you know, just getting divorced, freshly divorced, single, right? Single with children. There, there's a lot of kind of other variables in that place where you may rely on loans more than others. And, and it's really not a judgment on anybody's part. It's just like, if that's what you need, that's what you need, you know? That's something to think about as well as you're making these decisions. Like, what do I need? What makes sense to me? And what are we moving forward with? And so I think, you know, some of the other things people talk about with these is, you know, the the funding is usually very fast. So with a personal loan, like you can usually get the money either the same day or the next business day, depending on your paperwork, depending on what information they need and all of that. But it's a really great way to come up with that fast funding. And you can cover all sorts of other costs with this money. And so if you find yourself kind of in a pinch or if you're kind of worried about what could happen next, having this personal loan can really help smooth things out for you and give you a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. I, I know we alluded this a little bit earlier with all of our crazy stats and APRs and things like that, but <laughs> personal loans can make some things cheaper, right? And by cheaper, I mean your lowest, lower interest rates, you pay less interest overall, or the APR is lower, so you pay less right interest charges overall. But again, it depends. And so I do want to add this caveat is that I have paid for things over time with credit cards, but it's because I qualified for a 0% APR introductory period. So I had to replace a washer and a stove all around the same time. Uh, if you go back to the episode about mortgages, I talked about all these crazy expenses I accumulated as a homeowner. So this was another unexpected one where I had to replace a stove and, and a washer. I ended up putting that on a credit card and I just paid that off. I think it was like a 12-month introductory period. I paid that off over 12 months. So I actually didn't have to pay any interest. And of course, not everybody qualifies for that. But there are also credit cards that offer a lower interest rate, introductory interest rate, even mm -hmm. if it's not 0%. So it's really important to pay attention as to what is cheaper and what's not. So I just want to put that caveat out there that, yes, personal loans can be great, but there's other funding options that, that you can look into as well. Yeah, I think the important thing is to, is to compare, right? Compare what you can get with this offer, what you can get with that offer, and see you know, what, what's going to work out best for you. And also over the long term, right? Because in some cases, it's like, sure, you can get this 0% APR. Maybe it's only good for nine months or 12 months. If you don't think you're going to be able to pay it off in time, you know, you might have to think about like, okay, do I refinance? Do I pay this off with a personal loan later when the interest rate is about to like jack itself up? <laughs> or just do I go ahead and get the personal loan now where I have knowledge of exactly how much I'm going to pay each month and have that plan for paying it down and know I'm going to have it paid off in, say, 24 months, right? 
So, so you also want to look at like, hey, how does this fit into my lifestyle? How does this fit into what's going to make my life easier as I am paying this off? And what is going to reduce my stress levels? Because that's part of it too. I, w- I was going to say this too, when you're talking about, oh, the interest I paid was worth it for the moving expenses and different things like that that come up with the divorce. I, I'm almost like, again, I'm not encouraging loans. Just just a caveat again is I almost liken the amount that you um, that you paid in interest as almost like a convenience fee. Oh, 100%. It, because, it, because like, that's just what's like, it's convenient. I can get it in a day. Like, Maybe let's say let's assume you don't have the emergency fence. Like I, I really need this. Like I have to move. Like I have no choice. It wasn't something that you chose to do. And so it really is like a convenience fee where, yeah, you're paying lenders, I don't know, seven percent in interest, but I don't know, the let's say two hundred dollars that you paid is really worth it because you can now move into a new apartment fairly smoothly if you needed to hire movers, if you had a lot of things, whatever that may be. That's the key here is understanding like how am I treating this and how am I looking at this with my finances. So in my case, I am fortunate enough that I have been able to get good interest rates. And so I've been able to say like, yes, I view this as a convenience fee and I view this as something that I am paying as a way for me to make my life easier and still have other assets available for other things or make sure that I am set up for everything that I'm going to need as I get ready to move into my new place. And this applies not just to moving, but other parts of your life that might come up. You know, if you have emergency medical bills, if, you know, if you have a pet and you have an emergency pet bill, or if you lose your income, like maybe you don't get fired from your job or laid off, but they cut your hours and you're trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to like get a little bit of a safety net while I look for another job or look for other places to work to, you know, to shore this up a little bit. I think a lot of that just has to do with, okay, what resources are available to me? Okay, how much do I have available on my credit cards? What do I have in my emergency fund? What do I have in my community? Do I have people that I can go to and ask for help with? Can I get a personal loan? I mean, that's, you know, looking at everything and saying, what are all of my options? What are all of my resources available? And saying, you know, if I have to get a personal loan to make this work, like it doesn't mean I'm a bad person and it doesn't mean I'm doomed to a lifetime of bad finances. It just means that at this moment in time, this is what is going to help work for me. I do want to add to, you know, we've been talking a lot about lower interest rates, better APRs, things like that. If you, know, you happen to not be able to qualify for 6 or 7%, let's say you can only qualify for a personal loan of, I don't know, 17%, and you end up taking that out, it's not something that that is a total moral failing. And if you are, a, depending on your loan and how long it is and what interest rates are and all of that, you can refinance it. Right. There's a lot of people that I know who have taken out a pers- couple personal loans for, for different life situations and then consolidated. Their, their credit situation was better over time and they were able to qualify for a much, much lower interest rate. And so they decided to refinance it to something that was going to save them thousands of dollars over this, this loan. That's a good point, too. And I think as well to look at it in terms of how can I use this to get through whatever it is I'm going through right now and help me to reposition myself so that I can then start making other steps to get my finances in order. A lot of the time when we are talking about taking out debt and including personal loans, it's because we're in a situation where we need some breathing room to reset and having that personal loan can be part of getting that breathing room and getting ready to reset. I think that was like a mic drop moment, but don't actually drop your mic because it'll sound weird (laughs) on the podcast. (laughs) 
that and it'll ruin the mic. Nobody likes it when you do a mic drop. Yes. No sound person oh. likes it when you do a mic drop. No, that would be me. I'm I'm editing this thing, right? <laughs> Lucky you. So anyways, don't do that to your microphones. I mean, some of these are not it's super expensive, but you don't want to have to buy a new one. Anyways, back on track. I think finally, depending on your finances and where you're at, I use personal loans as part of like my ongoing financial planning. So one of the things I did when I had this opportunity to go to China in 2023, it was kind of it was a situation where it was like where it was fast moving. It was a fast moving situation where I had this opportunity. I had this friend who was like, hey, I'm going for a wedding. We got to figure this out now. If we're going to go, we need to buy plane tickets now. We need to you know, get lodging now. And you have to have plane tickets and lodging before you can even apply for the visa. And, you know, we were on this tight timeline. And so I was just like, okay, well, I need to come up with some money and I need to come up with it fast. And I have a travel fund. And a lot of the time, a lot of the money in the travel fund is actually in a uh, taxable investment account. And we'll talk about that in a future season. But the money's there and it was going to take a it, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to sell your assets have the transaction settle and then move it from your brokerage account to your your bank account. And so what I did instead was I got a personal loan and used that to like cover the upfront costs of the trip and went ahead and sold the assets I needed to cover the trip as the purpose of the travel fund is and use that to pay off the personal loan. And so that's also part of like the way that I use personal loans on occasion to just make sure that I've got what I want immediately. And then I have a plan to pay, pay that off. And I know not everybody is in that situation. Like that's something that I have been building up for like 15 years, but that's part of my planning. And there's nothing wrong with deciding that that's part of your planning and figuring out where you're at in your finances and what you're comfortable with in your finances and making that part of your planning. Out of curiosity, did you pay a lot of interest in that personal loan before you paid it off? No. <laughs> I got the personal loan and it was so 7.99%. It was in that 8% range. And I only had it for a couple of months. It wasn't a huge amount of money. Basically, I just got this loan. It was for $4,800 to make sure that I had plenty of money to cover all of the costs that would be part of the trip. And then started trying to figure out which things I wanted to sell, whether some of them I would be selling at a loss you know, the whole thing. But it was only a couple months. I only had this personal loan for a couple of months. And so the actual interest charge was not very much. Cool. But again, it was a convenience fee, right? It was my convenience fee so that I could like hard charge it to China. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do think most loans, personal loans are like this. But again, read the fine print and everything before you sign on any loans. But most personal loans, and I would say even some mortgages, there's no prepayment penalty. So you can actually yeah. make extra payments or pay off your loan before the, I guess, final sort of estimated due date without paying any extra fees or in or interest. And so that's also something to consider is if you're taking out a loan for a few months, let's say, and the term is much longer, let's say for a few years, but you plan on paying this off in a few months, then it's okay to take that loan if you were going to do it anyways and just plan on paying that off. So I've done that too, where I've really never like had a like a super long car payment. I think at one point, I think I had to get a car loan because I couldn't get a cashier's check or whatever it was. So I had to take up the loan. Also, obviously, they wouldn't let me drive off the lot with it and then and then paid that off eventually. So so there were situ yeah, so there were situations where that has happened. And, you know, personal loans just really another kind of final thought on that, too, is that there's a lot of flexibility in payment, right? So we talked about the prepay 
payment penalty. You can choose to pay off earlier, or you can do something like recast your loan. So what that really means in, in terms of mortgages is, let's say you pay down the principal significantly or pay, like pay a good chunk of, of down your principal. What you can do is ask your lender to say, okay, now can you kind of look at what I paid, how much I still owe, and sort of almost, I don't want to say change the terms, but like modify it so that my my monthly payments and my term reflect the new principal loan. I don't know if you can do that with personal loans. Are you are you able to do that, Miranda? If you run into trouble later, usually they'll recast them if you're having a hardship. So one of the things with personal loans is a lot of them will let you redo your loan, but it usually is related to hardship. So if you have a loss of income or you've had an emergency like a medical problem or you've lost your job or you've had your income cut or there's something that results in some sort of hardship, a lot of the time if you call them and say, hey, I'm having this problem, I can't make my loan payments, a lot of them will either have a hardship program or they'll say like, okay, do you think that if we give you a reduced payment for the next six months, can you get back on your feet and start making a bigger payment? And so they might do that. Or they might even recast it. I know somebody that I've worked with in the past, they had this loan, they had a hard time paying it, they called. And what they ended up doing was just recasting the loan and saying, okay, we're going to go ahead, redo this loan. You've been paying on this loan for like a year at this interest rate. And it was high enough that like they were like, okay, we've mostly gotten most of the money back from you in interest. And so they went ahead and they recast it and did a 0% interest rate for the remainder of the term. Not everybody's going to do that for you, but some of them will look at that and say, okay, we're going to give you a reduced interest rate while you finish out the term. We're going to replace this loan with a new loan with a new term and say like, okay, maybe you have two years left on the loan and it is a 15.99% interest rate. So maybe what they'll say is like, okay, we're going to recast this loan and we're going to make it a three year. So now you're going to pay for 36 months starting today, but we're only going to charge you 5.99% interest rate. So it makes it easier for you to make your payments. Now, obviously, the lender is still is skewering you and they're still getting that interest, but it's more manageable for you. And it gives you that, once again, that breathing room for you to say, okay, now what can I do to start increasing my income, start making a plan? And, you know, even with these recast loans, there's usually, once again, read the fine print, but there's usually no prepayment penalty. And so you can pay that off early. So if they say like, we're going to recast this to a three-year loan, even though you have two years left, we're going to recast it to a three-year loan. We're going to lower your interest rate. So now you're only paying a much smaller monthly payment. And in a year from now, you say, oh, hey, my finances have improved. I'm going to go ahead and pay this off early. So really, it's a good idea to really talk through these options. And we talk about this all the time. If you run into trouble with debt, it is not a moral failing. Call your creditors and see what kind of plans they have available. Because in a lot of cases, they would much rather cut your interest down to zero and at least get back what you still owe than have to like try and fight you and maybe not get anything back, especially if you end up filing for bankruptcy, which also not a moral failing. We want to make that clear. It would behoove us if we didn't talk about the other types of personal loans that you may come across that aren't that great. I think so far we've talked about, you know, what you can do with legitimate ones or legitimate credit cards or ones that are are pretty fair, but there's a lot of ones that are pretty predatory. So we want to just make sure we go over this quickly. We can also stick a few articles in the show notes for you to check out so you can understand exactly what the differences are and sort of what, what to watch out for. 
Yeah. So I think one of the big things to realize is when we talk about personal loans, there are other types of predatory loans like fast funding loans or payday loans that have much higher interest rates, especially since not every state caps it. Now, there are some states that will cap your loan rates at 36% or some other number. Uh, I just pulled that one out. But some rates can be in excess of what amounts to 600% APR because, because they have a flat fee that they charge you every two weeks for each time you renew your loan, or it's a fast funding loan that comes with this line of credit that's always revolving. So as you pay it down, if you feel like uh, you need more money, you can go ahead and borrow again, and you can kind of get caught in these traps. And these Loans are designed to catch you in these traps because they have these high APRs and basically whatever you're paying, a lot of the time it doesn't even cover the interest and it could take years to pay these down. And so it's important to be careful. Now, if you feel like you don't have any choice but to turn to these predatory loans, then once again, it's not a moral failing, but it is something to be aware of. And these types of loans are the ones that you really want to focus on when you get in a position where you can pay down uh, some of your debt, because these are the ones that are going to cost you the most in the long run. And there are some lenders who advertise or market themselves as payday loan alternatives. And so a lot of these companies, they may be legitimate. This is something I will personally have to do a little bit more research on, is that, yeah, the interest rates are much lower. So instead of, let's say, 600%, it's 130 It's still pretty high. But they're marketing themselves as alternatives because, hey, you know what? If you still don't have much of an option, we are much cheaper than a payday loan. But if you go to some of these payday loan alternatives, each state almost has their own regulations, just like payday loans. That's another one to watch out for where I'm not saying don't go to it, but that's also one of those where interest rates can be quite high. Um, and as a tangent, I am still super curious with how this 600% APR interest rate works. Miranda, since you're obviously much, much smarter than me about these things, can you please... smarter. <laughs> I've just... I've just... I've just had to talk to people who've had them. And way back, way back when I was in college, I actually got a pay payday loan once. So I have personal experience with this from 20 years ago. Basically, what ends up happening is with a payday loan, a lot of what they'll do is they'll charge you a flat finance charge. So let's say you get $1,000 and they say, OK, we're going to charge you a flat $100 for your financing fee. So they charge you that flat $100. What they do is they actually, the cash you come away with is $900, but you're still going to repay $1,000. Two weeks later, when it's time for the payday loan to be taken out, if you say, oh no, I don't have $1,000, they'll say, you can renew for another $100. So it feels like, okay, I can handle $100. So you pay another $100 and they just renew for another term of two weeks. So you just push that out. So now you've paid $100 in two weeks, but you still owe $1,000. And so your total so far is $200, right? Because you paid your initial $100 financing fee. So they only gave you $900. And now two weeks from now, you're renewing for another $100. I love the look on your face. You're like, this is so gross. And it is gross. It really is gross. And so the way they figure those massive APRs is they take that financing fee and they translate it into an APR. And that's how you get like a 633% or a 500% or 400% or whatever it is. They take that financing fee and then they translate it into what you would be paying in, is, an, is an APR if you actually worked on this like a regular loan. So they translate that financing fee into an APR and that's why you get these out of control APRs. Now, if you're in a state that caps your APRs, then you're going to end up with a lower financing fee or you're going to end up with a different structure. 
But a lot of the time, these predatory loans, they just set it up to make it easy for you to just keep renewing every couple of weeks by paying this smaller. It seems it seems much more manageable to just keep paying a hundred dollars every every other week rather than paying off the full thousand dollars that you spent. But right, if you're paying a hundred dollars every other week, by the time you get about twenty weeks out, right, you've paid that thousand dollars back, but you still owe a thousand dollars because you've just been paying the financing fee. And that's where these high APRs come from, is if you're constantly paying the financing fee to renew, it starts to become insane. Once again, I have no judgment against you as a person, and it doesn't have a moral value. It doesn't make you a bad person if you have one of these types of loans. But financially speaking, it's just not going to be good for you in any way, shape, or form. Like it is just, It really is going to be a real problem unless you know that you're going to be able to pay off this loan in two weeks before you have to renew it. So, Miranda, what are the takeaways for this episode? Yeah, so I think the main thing is that personal loans can be helpful to smooth your cash flow, but it's important to have a plan and to be careful. Before getting a personal loan, consider whether you can afford to pay it back, the interest rate you're going to end up with, and whether you have a plan to pay down that debt potentially early. All right. Yeah, for sure. And you can use personal loans to help with emergencies or if you need to smooth your cash flow, right? Like to have a little buffer or, you know, you're willing to pay that convenience fee while you are trying to live your life. As long as you really truly look at the fine print, like we, we've said throughout the episode, and that you really understand the cost. And if you don't, then it is time to ask the lender or to look at other resources like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. We'll put that a link in the show notes. But they have some great resources where they actually do break down different things like loan closing documents. And so it, it shows you exactly what the document looks like or an example of it and the cost and how you can see the interest rate. And what you can do if you decide at that stage right before you sign the loan that you don't want it anymore. So there's different things that you can you can access and to really understand what your rights are when it comes to these types of loans. And you want to make sure that if you do take out a personal loan that, yeah, that you are able to afford it, uh, like Miranda said. So we do have a financial resource. Miranda, you want to tell us what that is? We suggest that you go to calculator.net. They have a loan calculator. We'll link it in the show notes. And that can help you figure out how much you can expect to pay, your monthly payments, and your total cost so that you can make a more informed decision. All right, everyone. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on personal loans, whether they're good or bad, whether you should use it and whether or not. Our next episode, who we are going to meet the elephant in the room next time. I kind of want to name this elephant, but maybe we'll tell you what the name is on the next episode. And the elephant is tackling student loan debt. So there's a lot of conversations around this, right? Why is there so much student loan debt? Are there ways to get out of this cycle? And honestly, we're just going to go for it. So stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks for joining us on It Doesn't Make Sense. The best way to support our nuanced approach to money is to share it with a friend. Subscribe to It Doesn't Make Sense on whatever podcast player you use. For resources and show notes, head to itdoesntmakesense.com. We also accept appreciation in the form of a refreshing beverage via Ko-Fi. 
or coffee, whatever. We don't care. We'll drink it. Just head to ko-fi.com slash it doesn't make sense, no apostrophe, and provide us with a fortifying drink.